Join us as we unpack emerging trends and changes in digital transformation with the executives, entrepreneurs, and investors responsible for shaping the future of their industries. In these interviews, you can expect to hear candid conversations about the future of technology and the role it plays at some of the largest organizations in the world. Our hosts are members of the Kunai team, an agency that has been building software products for over 20 years. Today, your host will be Tom Baldwin. Hello and welcome to the Kanai Podcast. I'm excited to be speaking today with Ed Morabito, Director of Product Management at American Express. Welcome, Ed. Hi, Tom. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. It's a, a great day. So I, I'm glad to be here in the afternoon speaking with you. Well, it's terrific here as well. We're uh, 70 degrees or so in Phoenix, so I'm happy. Fantastic. Um, Ed, you've led product strategy and development for financial services products for over 20 years. Um, today, you lead the American Express mobile product team that drives strategy and development globally. Ed, let's start with a little of your backstory, please. All right. Well, uh, I have a kind of a strange history because I started out on the hardware side of the house. I was invited by a friend who was looking for a resource to help backfill to do some basic moving around of printers and PCs as they were being delivered. This was way back uh, in the old days. And uh, so I started there and it was real basic stuff he chose me because I was, um, I, you know, I'm a troubleshooter. I like to break fix things that are broken. And so he figured there's no reason why this guy couldn't replace printer cartridges and, uh, you know, remove motherboards and things like that. So I got into it from a hardware perspective with no real aspirations to grow beyond that. Um, but my passion to constantly learn, you know, sent me down a different path. I saw this area where hardware uh, really influenced software. And that you know, really made me think, you know, why am I, you know, just replacing these boards and moving one printer from here to there, or adding another PC to this desktop? Why, what's the software doing that needs that hardware? Why do we need more memory for this piece of software? Why is this software uh, slowing the system down? So I started to get into the software side of the house and understanding how uh, that worked. I started to manipulate the OS actually that's how i started in the software side of the house it was really still basically hardware but you were manipulating the hardware to be more efficient for the software which at that time was single threaded so software really could not take advantage of the hardware you had to make the the, the os uh, afford uh, the right amount of memory for certain things uh, from a software perspective so that got me into the software side of the house and then after that I saw, you know, how systems talk to each other. And that gave me another aspect. And I just kept, you know, grasping at what the next thing was. Uh, that's part of what, you know, my where my passion come from is to continue to learn. And I saw, you know, systems talking to each other and decided, hey, you know, why, how does that work? And, you know, how can I help uh, make that more efficient? And I started getting into networking uh, and I started as a LAN developer, so I worked in Novell and Microsoft LANs. And after that, it was back office infrastructure and how databases were built and those kinds of things. So I started to move farther and farther into that 
software world without really realizing I was doing that. Uh, and then at some point I was in that world and, and saw the web just becoming something uh, more, more than just a, a way to talk from one system to another, but also now a learning tool and a, a tool that you would in the future be watching your television on. So I decided in uh, in 2000 that I would that's where I would go is in the web world and I moved from the network space. I was really more of a project manager at that point. I was managing okay. large scale networking projects uh, and it was mostly on the East Coast and I decided I wanted to move uh, to Phoenix and that's when I, I ran into American Express. I reached out to American Express as a project manager and said, hey, I wanna be in the web world, how, how, how can I get there? And they actually gave me an opportunity on the infrastructure side of the web uh, world. So I was uh, came in to build uh, WebSphere platforms and, and Oracle platforms so that we could build our web development uh, infrastructure. And uh, that passion just kept going and I moved from group to group within my company learning about the different lines of business. Even though I wasn't on the business side, I was learning how, how transactions are processed, what happens when a person swipes a card, how does, how does our data get managed from uh, the time of swipe? Where, you know, how much do we know about the customer? Um, where does an offer, how does an offer tie to an, an individual? And it, it, that passion, to learn more and more about the business side uh, brought me to the area of uh, technology, which was mobile at the time, but it was to, to really become part of that product management world. And yeah. that the first start of that came with Agile. It really was the thing that initiated my passion to bring that product and strategic vision into the life cycle of delivery. We were waterfall. We saw this, this new thing. It wasn't extremely new at the time, but it was new for us. Uh, and we had to understand what a product was before we could shrink it down to something that was consumable in a sprint or a scrum or uh, whatever life cycle you wanted to be in from an agile perspective. So, uh, so that's where I, my passion for, for products started. Uh, although I was still on the tech side and I was managing a team that was transforming from waterfall to agile. That's what, what got me into to the product side of the house. And then I took that, that energy and that product vision and I moved to our merchant space and started to learn a little bit more about how the merchant products and the consumer products tied together. How do the users that come into a merchant site and a merchant, uh, how, do they how does that relationship live? Uh, and then uh, that really tied the whole strategic vision together for me. Uh, now I'm back in mobile as a product person. And uh, and and who knew it? It reminds me a little bit of Simon Senak, and he talks about the the um, the what, the how, the why, and and you moved in your career over time from the 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 what to the how, and you are now uh, living in the why. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so very cool and uh, and and fun to to hear that um, you were part of uh, the 
the the beginnings of leveraging agile and moving from waterfall um, today in large organizations i still see uh, that uh, on the product side um, and development side all in on agile on uh, you've got remnants in the planning and budgeting world do you still see that how you budget a project versus trying to say okay i'm going into epics or features and development how does that yeah, that's a that's an excellent excellent question and i think depending on the size of the company you're in uh that can be def a, a definite challenge in in the ability to um innovate quickly fail fast those those you know real key aspects of agile uh so yes i think uh companies still struggle with the the simple fact that you do need to budget you still need to be able to talk to your uh to your board you need to be able to put something out on the street that says we will achieve this much by this time uh, so you need to know what you're going to need to do that. So when you're talking about a, a level of commitment for um, staffing and, you know, the, the colleagues that you'll need to deliver or the infrastructure or the operational costs, you still need to know what those things are going to be from a, a life cycle perspective. And that's very difficult to do in an, in an agile way. You can't continu continuously innovate on your finances. That's not going to make for a good thing on Wall Street. Uh, so, so it's very important that you figure out that balance. And I think many companies are doing that today by taking what they've learned over the last 10 years. Really, the, the, the last 10 years have really been the bigger push from a, from a development perspective in Agile. And I think they've taken a lot of that knowledge and they said, you know, really, what are we doing that's different from when we were a waterfall financially? And they're starting to realize that, hey, I, I, we, we needed $10 million in, 19, in, in 2000 to do this job. We need $10 million to do it today. What we get on the outside of that, what we get out of it may look a little different, but over the last three or four years, they've seen so much more success and getting what they want in the end. The, the, when you start thinking about the value of what you're putting out instead of what it is. I think that's where the strategic mindset comes from. And, the, and it's starting to hit finance. They're starting to say, we are getting the revenue in boost that we wanted. We're getting in a reduced operating cost. We're getting, so instead of saying we're creating this new card or we're doing this new project, they're starting to think from a, 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 a real strategic goal perspective. And it's yeah. coming from the top down instead of, instead of a project pushing that up to say this project is going to fit into that mold it's more of a okay just give me revenue i don't care what you do let's just figure that out after we go now there's obviously some things that are going to be this project has to get done and you, yeah. and you need to follow that mindset but but yeah i think it's it's definitely turning a bit of a corner a finance risk uh controls are all starting to to support that yeah, yeah. And and from a value creation and an efficiency perspective, I think you you nailed it. Um uh agile is 
delivering product, getting feedback in the hands of your customers and your product owners and developers to be able to uh, react and respond more um, efficiently and effectively uh, to determine where that next feature is, uh, is what that next feature is. Very cool. So true, so true. We live, live and die by it, so yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so uh, now you're spending a lot of time in the mobile world. Um, uh, tell me a, a little bit about uh, uh, having moved from web to, to web mobile to omni-channel. Um, how, how, how is that uh, affecting your um, product management and product strategy? Uh, well, I think from my perspective, I think I always had a uh, an omni-channel mindset because I'm I've, I've lived that lifestyle for so long. I was I my first cell phone, I think, in in '91. Uh, I think was my first cell, uh, and you know, I just have always had one in my hand. Uh, the first one I had was a bag phone. So, you know, I, I've lived that world. And so, but you also had to have the web because we didn't have anything in the mobile device. So as the mobile started to, to advance, uh, you know, I, I felt like it was very important to understand what I'm doing in, in, in each channel and how they compare, but also how can you hand off from one channel to another? So I think from my perspective, it's, it's always been part ingrained in my, in my being to, to think about what, what, what's going to happen when the, when the, the user on the end of this gets an, e gets an email that sends them to this or sends them to that, what's the email look like and how does that affect the, the consumer or the user? Um, so I, I, I believe that that's the case for, for most of the digital world, I, I, at least in the world that I've been in in the last uh, 10 years or so, you know, it's really been a focus for us to continue that dialogue to understand, you know, back when, when we started with mobile web, you know the the vision of HTML5 and and you know being able to you know size a screen and have everything be perfect when you went from from a four inch screen to a five inch screen or a, a mini tablet at the time or whatever you were sizing for that was the the going to be the the end all be all that didn't come to fruition and now it's React Native which is giving the 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 developers the opportunity to build once and it kind of expands and contracts and, and that still isn't really giving us everything we want and and Facebook will be the first to tell you that even though they own the 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 uh, the, the, the the technology so you have to do it on your own as product uh, managers we really need to know how is our how is our user going to take advantage of these products in, in whatever fashion so I partner with my peers in web and I partner with my peers in communications and marketing a lot. Uh, and that's, that's done early on. That's done during envisioning. It's really part of our strategy. When we do our user research, we look at them together. I try to bring us all, even if we don't have capacity to do it at the same time, I will reach out and they will reach out and we will, we will build us at least the strategy together. Even if we don't get all the way there, we're, we're close enough. 
And and what is it that informs you of that that strategy? Is it is it understanding the customer journey? Is it uh, that that then informs you? Okay, this channel is appropriate. This channel then needs to move to that channel. Um, how 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 do you go about that process? Well, everything belongs in mobile, Tom. Come on. <laughs> no, just just kidding. Uh, so I think you know some things should be web first. Some things should be you know if you need real estate, you need real estate. If you if you are really trying to explain something that needs explanation and needs some time to consume, uh, that's going to be a web product to start with, and and then you'll slim it down for for mobile. Um, I think that it's very important for things to be very quick and mobile. And so when we think strategically, uh, it's not so much about the strategic goal as much as it is about the usability. I think that's really where we where the play is. It's very important for things to be quick and mobile. People come back to mobile very, very often. You're standing in line, you're, you're waiting for your gas to pump, you're, you, know, you're, you wanna do things quickly and then be able to move on with web. Uh, there's really more time to consume and to to really take the time to to evaluate what you've got in front of you. So you can do more there. I, you know, would I like to have uh, more ability in mobile to to uh, give people the opportunity to take time? Yes. I don't think anybody's going to get there. I think we're going farther and farther in the other direction. I think people want that to be a fast and efficient thing and that they can bounce from yeah. one thing to another. That, that's an, uh, a fantastic insight. So um, you, you're saying that latency and performance from a mobile perspective is more important than, uh, than, than web, or did I hear that correctly? 100%, yes, I, I think uh, you're absolutely correct. I mean, on a, on a, a, just, it, just simply, if people want to hear this, but if you're looking at a web screen, you know, you've got 17, 23, 30 inches, whatever that may be for, for whoever may be looking at the screen, something on the bottom right could be spinning and it wouldn't bother them. You know, you're, you're, still, you're still giving them, uh, you're still able to feed them uh, components that they typically would come and do quickly while other things are, are, are uh, expanding and contracting. And you can go deeper in the screens. You can, you know, the, a rabbit hole is fine to go down a little bit on a, on a web device. So you can wait and, and ask for that call on the next click instead of when you get there. Where on mobile with network traffic and network volumes, you really need that SLA to be tight, very, very tight, because you may be, be, have to ask for a lot more upfront uh, so you need those the latency to be very very small, and you need a lot of things to be able to be done in a in a in a low uh, um, a low res way if need be if their network traffic if their network capacity goes down uh, obviously we know what happens in Wi Fi now even your neighborhood you know the your your network uh, shrinks in uh, in speed uh, just because there's so many folks around you using the same volume right using the same bandwidth yeah yeah so uh in terms of your product portfolio um not to get into to details but just at a high level how much of it would you say is innovation and how much of it is enhancing um existing 
Uh, you know, I, it's a, it's a hard, I, that's a good question. I apologize for not having a quick answer and it's not because I'm trying to um, uh, sidestep the question. I, you know, we, we innovate constantly at American Express. I don't know if anybody, if you've, if you've looked at American Express and it's 170 years, um, you'll, you'll, you can see that we started as a shipping company and now we're one of the top finance companies in the world. And we do all kinds of banking everywhere globally and uh, travel and entertainment. We're, we're really everywhere. So, you know, it's a, it's a shame to think uh, of putting a number on it when it's yeah. constant. So I, 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 I'm, I'm I was, a difficult time. And, and the frame I was coming from is, 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 um, uh, that, that brand new idea and how to, to take it through a large organization and, and, and get to that product, uh, I think is, is, is a, a challenge and something that we at Can I love and, um, and, and believe that, uh, we're well suited for. Um, the other, uh, part is, is, is that, um, that uh, constant enhancing of the experience to an individual, just to kind of get a, a play for, um, I view them as quite different. I don't, I, I don't maybe that's the question. Do, do you view them as different or do you take similar models to both? Uh, well, I, we, I do think there there is some similarities because of the fact that you have to innovate as you go. And in many cases, that's that's what makes agile such a, you know, a, a, a being agile so valuable. Whether you whether you you know perform all the ceremonies, I don't care. But if, if you're not being innovative in your delivery and your process and your and the products you're delivering, you're wasting your your energy. Right. You're wasting the time. But I think it, pure innovation is a different thing, right? And so hackathons are really important, where you literally break free. And I think we do more. We do more of that. Um, depends on what team you're in and those kinds of things. I think my last company had no innovation, and this was many years ago. But still, it had very, very little innovation. It was all customer, stakeholder request and delivery and figuring out ways to innovate what you were delivering, but not really doing much of that. Okay. Whereas this is a different world altogether. We're constantly looking for um, opportunity uh, to, to innovate what we're doing as well as the products that we already have and new products that we can bring in. Now going, you know, in a, in a large corporation, it's very, it's kind of difficult to, to say, I've got this new innovative idea, you know, I want to invent a new car uh, and you're, you're a card company, right? So, so it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, when you've got 60 plus thousand uh, colleagues in the company, there's a lot of innovative minds there. Uh, so, so the process needs to be a little bit more restrictive uh, from, from, you know, the typical innovating your delivery and innovating the products you're delivering on the fly. So when you're doing pure innovation, there needs to be some structure around how it comes in and how it gets presented and the value of it and, and, and coming up with reasons for the innovative idea to, to be um, taken advantage of or, or, or produced, right, or grown. And that's where earlier on you had mentioned the research and, right. and it clicks back, absolutely. 
Um, so uh, let's shift the, the conversation a little bit. You have led large teams. You have led individuals. How do you build a high-performing team? Um, you know, I think the, the critical parts of a team are made up of literally the team. So depending on how you start, where you start from, and how you build that team, it's important to find a cohesive way for that team to work together. So for me, I when I'm developing a strategy for a team to be built brand new, I will be looking for individuals. And then once I fill a position, an individual might have one key skill set that will help drive the solution. The next individual, I don't want them to be a like-minded individual necessarily. I want them to have the same passions, but I also want them to maybe have a different skill set that they can bring to the table, but a passion to learn the other skill set. So I look for more of a group of people that want to learn from each other and learn uh, something new and grow around something. And that's how I continuously build the team. Um, sometimes that works really, really well. Sometimes you find bumps in the road uh, as you go and you need to shift and pivot on that. But it's really important for uh, it, you know everyone to be part of the team and not be individuals doing their own thing. Uh, so that's strictly what I look for. I, I, I live by three really key things, and that's continue to learn, continue to teach, and then find your replacement. Those, if, if, if everybody you bring in has that same mindset, um, I think that you will continuously grow. That product that you're working on or wherever you put that group, it won't matter what you give them. They will succeed. They, they will succeed. Awesome. So uh, that was continue to learn. Continue to learn, continue to teach, and always look for your replacement. Because the only way you can continuously learn is to go someplace new. You're going to have to move at some point. So if you right. can't find your replacement, it gets harder to move on to the next thing. And that's really where I've been. I've moved eight or nine times in, in my 20 years in this job. Uh, and, and it's only been because I keep looking for the next thing. Well, we talked about my career and there's many different things. There's many, many smaller things in that, uh, that career yeah. path. And it's yeah. only because yeah. I keep looking for that. I love it because I, I think the the continuously continuous learning process is something that I think over the last five years has really taken off. And um, and from that learning, you have the opportunity to teach the 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 part that I I, I love that you brought is is to continue to find that replacement because. Um, you always want to learn and grow. I always want to learn and grow. That uh, that 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 last piece is is critical to supporting that development. I think so. Um, I, I something I've lived by my whole career. So the uh, the other thing that that I heard was um, that you you really value alignment and you value a diversity of thought. So what, what I heard and what you shared is, is okay, we align to a similar goal, but having diverse thoughts along the way um, 
uh, improves the the product. It definitely does, and I think uh, that's you know a passion of mine. It's been a passion of mine forever is to have a diverse team around me. Uh, as, as whenever I'm able to look for talent, I'm always looking for somebody to bring a new idea, somebody that's going to uh, have a different past or perspective uh, in, in whatever I'm trying to f- uh, fill, whatever position I'm trying to fill. And that's helped me tremendously. I have a, a really diverse team now. I love that. I, I love that the company really dr- strives for that. Uh, you know, I think we have one of the best companies in the world for that. So, you know, that I think is is a way to keep innovating within the company. If you keep doing that, if you keep doing that within your team and within the company, you're going to innovate. You're going to have to. Those people will bring new ideas that will shake the cobwebs loose from the folks that have been there for a while. So I think it's important. Awesome. Awesome. So um, let's talk a little bit about the future now. Um, let's... Uh, 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 not so much pulling the crystal ball out, but maybe what are some of the trends that you are seeing? What are maybe some of the the trends in mobile? I know you you spoke a, a little bit about it. You you mentioned React Native, but give give uh, give our audience some uh, some insight into some trends you're seeing. Well, obviously, I think I think if anybody's you know reads a paper or is uh, listening to the news, you know people want more and more uh, to continue this contactless relationship with finance. Uh, they're they're finding their way around all of that now. I you know our uh, you know users are are mature and they're they're using their phones constantly uh to swipe uh as well as you know make other larger scale transactions i think m- most people will say that that's the future i i think we'll, we'll you know cards will always exist cash will always exist i i assume so at least for the while i'm still alive those things will still be here but uh, fewer and fewer people will pull them out of their wallets. Uh, and so I think that that's key. You see PayPal doing QR at CVS now. And, you know, there's these, it's just nobody ever thought QR would make it in the U.S. It's an international product. It's more of an Asian market thing. So it was like, well, you know, really, would there be an investment? And we're seeing companies invest there. I think we'll see more of that. Um, I think having you know, your whole life be part of the mobile device. We always knew that that was coming. I think there's more and more of that to be seen. How do we make your life better? It's not about revenue. It's not about chasing you down to make you buy more things. It's about how do we help you and your finances today and where are you going? So I think more and more companies will get there. You see companies like Mint and and uh, Square and and Stripe and all these different companies are doing all kinds of crazy things by helping you open bank. So open yeah. banking, I think, is 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 vast and and can be many things. What it is today is just a term. Uh, where we go in the future with allowing you to see your whole world in one place, I think, is coming. And whether that's 
partially mobile and this goes back to the mobile and web i think you know i don't think the i don't think a website's going away i i think maybe people will connect a mobile device to a display and make it so they don't have to carry a laptop around maybe is that in the near future probably not i i think we'll have a a, a website for a long time uh maybe the technology i see the technology changing a little bit to the opposite of um uh responsive design where maybe you will have a mobile device and it will expand to a web uh, screen so you can introduce additional capability. So I think that's coming. Uh, identity is a huge thing and security, those are big. I think that that's, that's obviously those things are critical. How we tokenize the world uh, and everything about you, I think it's important. Maybe the mobile phone will go away someday and you'll have a chip in your hand and you'll just, uh, you know, hey mom, how you doing? Uh, I don't know what the next thing will be, but yeah. uh, maybe there won't even need to be a display as we see with, uh, you know, Google Glass and everything else. Who knows what's next? Well, that uh, That's fantastic. And uh, extemporaneously, you hit all the, the, the things that, um, we can I continue to see so contactless whether it's it's the the NFC QR code ultrasonic beacon and so many I think cool use cases that uh, that were in the process of enabling I I think you think about it and you just think contactless simply as the the form of tap to pay or something like that. But when um, you can QR and pull up an app and begin to associate things that weren't easy to associate, like for a PC manufacturer, they've a lot of them have gone direct to market because they can't associate the device to the service. So um, uh, this is a potential way of enabling that device, service, support, all in a, a unified frame. So we're, we're definitely seeing that the, the banking as a service and what I put into the whole API economy, um, that's, that's a fun one because to, to, to me, it just says um, you get to express yourself any way you want via the user interface and you have a rich backend that worries about the hard stuff, that worries about compliance, that worries about regulatory, that worries about um, transacting in a secure way. Um, very fun. Yes, yes. Virtual reality is going to be a, a thing. Uh, I think it, it keeps popping up. Uh, and I think right now it's a gaming tool, but uh, shopping and and uh, becoming more innovative in what you do. S managing stock, could you imagine, uh, you know, scrolling through the stock uh, symbols while you're just sitting there, think, oh, stop right there. Okay, I, I just grab it. I want to, you know, a chunk of that stock right this second, tap of the yeah. tap of the glass and you've got it and you move on. You could be sitting in a meeting uh, doing stock trades. <laughs> yeah, you're reminding me of a Black Mirror episode where somebody had it actually connected into their head. I'll tell you what, uh, in, in 1999, 
I saw a gentleman uh, carrying a huge backpack with a set of cables that came out to a set of glasses with a framed glass in the front on an airplane in 1999. So virtual has been there. It's, it's, yeah. we've been playing with it for a long time. We need to get something going that is uh, more than a toy. I think that there's opportunity there. That's, that's my opinion. Uh, shopping, I think is a big one. I think that's a big, big opportunity in the future. A ton of opportunity. Very fun. Very fun. Well, Ed, it's it's been a, a really insightful discussion. I, I especially I'm going to continue to come back and I will most likely steal your uh, continue to learn, continue to teach, continue to find your replacement. I, I love that. I think it's uh, it, it's it's a really critical thing for anyone who is a leader or who wants to be a leader. So um, I look forward to applying uh, these insights in the coming weeks and months and uh, wish you a uh, wonderful end of the new year, end of the year and wonderful new year. Uh, same to you, Tom. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks to Kanai. I mean, this has uh, been fun. It's always nice to do a, a road trip back in time. Uh, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Have a good holiday. Thank you.